Okay, it's, uh, I have, I have good days. I'm still going to always have my good days, but I'm realizing I'm also going to continue with the bad days. And, um, a lot of times they'll outnumber the good ones, but I have been living it up on my good days the best I can. I got some really good news, interesting news, great news from the cancer laboratory research that, um, I decided to go ahead and pursue with some experimental uh, research that will help patients in the future. Also with the advancements in DNA and cell branch and, you know, and, and all the rest of that research, technology, scientific hoopla, you know what I mean? <laughs> Things that are way past my point of knowledge. I got an email yesterday and um, it's interesting because I cannot sleep took my medicine and sometimes it'll work and sometimes it takes like hours. Yesterday it did not kick in for six hours. Excuse me, I dealt with the nausea and the pain. Um, six hours. I don't, I can't even begin to tell you how I felt. Um, let's just say I slept a lot. I got what I could for work done yesterday and uh, here I am today on Wednesday. And I just got around to emails and that there is going to be some really interesting um, knowledge, let's just say insight on things that my body has done, which sometimes breaks the norm. Let's just not say sometimes. There's a lot of times throughout my life it's broke the norm and doesn't make any sense. They're trying to figure out how a cell, um, in my case, was able to, with a piece of tissue, literally regenerate enough um, with hormones and chemicals and things like that to regrow an organ and that organ to have enough to refunction on its own, um, its own, as its own self is just breaks the norm. My case has been handled through Rare Cancer Institute since a professor had figured this out uh, six years ago. And since then, I've been involved in many studies, but this takes it to another level because this research laboratory does nothing but cancer research. It is the most well-known cancer research laboratory that works closely with the government. Some things I was told um, when I sign has to remain confidential, obviously for reasons. Um, I cannot release the information. And there's gonna be some things that I decided I got an email. I got my second email that they got my information back and let me know some of these other tests may take up to 30 days. There's a lot of tests they're performing um, with blood and tissue sample and other things that um, it was a multi-test. It was just like a big box of tests, literally. Lab came to me. And um, I'm excited to see, and I'm just going to say I'm excited to be part of a greater um, gift, a greater legacy. Um, we all pass, and we're all two things I said. We're in common. We all live and we all die. But um, leaving a legacy um, and being part of some really in-depth, serious cancer research. I mean, this is going to um, it's going to help many, many, many patients. And it's not testing medication, but finding out through people who've gone through some rare things um, with oncology, 
which puts you in rare cancer institutes. And while you're alive now, being able to produce um, blood and tissue samples and other things, saliva, and we just went the whole nine yards, really. Um, it took like a whole weekend <laughs> to do all these tests. I mean, I, alone it took me, I'm gonna have to say two days to read through everything. Um, Eric could vouch. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna be able to do this. Um, they had confidence enough to where I would be okay doing this at home, having the laboratory come to me. I was um, two consultations with the cancer laboratory, with the representatives, and we went over everything a couple times. And then I literally caught myself having to call. Um, parts of the test, it was just of, um, I think I was just sometimes a little bit anxiety. Um, am I doing the right thing? What if something comes back and I don't, maybe I don't want to know about this or, but then I stopped myself and I'm like, you know, that's stupid. That's like the dumbest, selfish thing ever think because this is going to help so many people, you know? I've made it in my journey and I've made it to prognosis as additional year. It's year to year now. This is going to help so many people. It would be stupid and so wrong for me not to, so selfish to not do it. But um, I've been working with the laboratory through the testing part before it was even delivered, going through everything. I mean, just going right, just this is what's going to happen. This is what you're going to get. They're going to do this. You're going to do that. And then you got step one, two, three, four. I mean, I literally, um, I did. I had to take a weekend. And I told Eric, just stay out of this room and stay out of the bathroom and stay out of this room because I had this room full of stuff and I had the bathroom full of stuff. And um, a lot of laboratory stuff that they use, most of the stuff's done in hospital. Um, but like I said, I am blessed to be able to um, be a volunteer and do this at home. But it had to be room temperature, a lot of things. So putting things in closets and, I mean, it's just... Um, setting temperature in the bathroom. and But um, I was looking at the emails and literally going to be able to get a lot of information to figure out how in the world my body was able to um, regrow an organ that was definitely, pathology received it. They um, did get the medical reports I had to sign and release for laboratory and they did see 100% um, my ovary was 100% removed. They got it. Pathology verified it. It was removed. And um, there was a, a couple of little notes where there was possibly a small, very, very microscopic. They could not see it, but they went through robotics and that. And um, we did eight small incisions instead of an upside down T when they did surgery, there's no way I would have made it through that. They knew that, but uh, it was just several, what, seven, eight actually, reading this paperwork, eight incisions, small incisions through um, scope and robotics and that. And um, a seasoned surgeon was confident. Another surgeon was supposed to help, but it was way past their point of expertise, so they actually just um, piggybacked and watched, you know. And um, it was educational as I was told after surgery and I recovered in that and I went back for follow-up. Um, it was way past the point of their expertise. And they were a lead surgeon for a hospital. So that was like saying a lot, but they were. And I was like, gosh, you know, like, it's like so much over this 
past couple months, I have gained so much insight, which has provided so much closure, whether it's personal or health matters, things that literally I have questioned with my health and things um, in both aspects, personal and medical. Medical is a big deal. I mean, because there was questionable through hospitals and oncology and cancer institutes of whether they did successfully, did they remove the organ? I mean, literally, there was cancer institutes that questioned the surgeons 17 times. I'm not joking. Rare cancer institutes, um, this cancer institute. Um, I don't know how my surgeons feel about being re-questioned. I'm sure it bothered them, but they knew. It's an everything pathology. They did verify it. And I've seen that paperwork. I'm like, oh, okay. Now I'm in the right hands in a cancer research laboratory who have got specimens of mine. And they're going to be able to provide some really, really in-depth look at how in the world was my body capable of taking something that wasn't even visible to the naked eye through a microscope and regenerate an entire organ on its own entity in its own cycle. And then to be able to start reproducing um, follicles um, that became dangerous, uh, cancerous, gross. They didn't have anyone except for 12 other patients, I was 13 that the professor could find, but nobody went through the full where that organ had a chance off of just something microscopic, wasn't even able to see by the naked eye. And it had seven, seven years it took for this thing to regrow and start functioning its own, its own cycle, its own entity. But now we're gonna find out. Another interesting key component, part of this is why I had this podcast, this is absolutely amazing, is I was diagnosed with autoimmune and kidney problems um, I could have shut down my kidneys um, under a year of age as an infant. There was some medical documents stating that this was viral, that they felt confident at a children's hospital facility that this was a viral. Um, they felt it started in the mother's womb, but there was nothing really, excuse me, back then to go by. I mean, advancements now compared to back then. I mean, it's like, there's no comparison really compared to what we have now. That I was told that the laboratory may possibly be able to send over some samples if they would need any other specimens or anything would I be willing to give um, if they send anything out for to get additional um, specimens with blood or whatever, saliva, whatever tissue from me, would I be willing to do that? and. I mean, I literally sent an email back and yes, 100% yes. They may be able to pinpoint what kind of virus I literally have, because as I said, if this is truly a virus that started all this as autoimmune disorder, as an infant through the mother's womb that was contracted, if that's the case, this laboratory is confident they're gonna be able to get down to what virus that I contracted through the mother's womb before I was even born, which is absolutely amazing. That is a huge piece of um, 
medical documentation that nobody has. And my current oncology group does not have. My oncologist, this is a vital piece of information. Um, it's not going to be able to turn the hands of time back. It's not going to help me with anything. You know, sometimes it's a little too late, you know, the old saying. But this brings me, this will be the ultimate closure, um, a gift that's priceless to be able to make sense and understand for myself, but as well as treating physicians. So, uh, I'm literally blown away. I'm literally blown away. I am so glad that I said yes. Go ahead. Well, go ahead, send me everything out. Um, <clears throat> so it's going to be incredible. Incredible. It's great to be able to help people in the future. And that's really what cancer institutes and research laboratories when they need us as human beings to help them. I cannot stress enough, please give selflessly. Please allow yourself to go through. If it's not gonna hurt anything, why not? You know what I mean? If you're the kind of person that's gonna maybe show something or it's gonna stage something, and I mean, you can let them know that I'd rather not be contacted. It's gonna go through, um, obviously they have to release it to a physician. You have to put a physician down or specialist oncologist. If you're under oncology, they'll put the name down. But you can request that I not to be notified um, I not know. And you can also talk to your specialist oncologist or what, whoever you're under. Let them know. Um, it's really just a personal decision. But don't be, don't even hesitate one second. If it's not going to hurt anything but help others and could possibly help yourself, please do so, you know, as a patient. Um, when these laboratories, especially cancer institutes, come to you, Please answer back, you know. Um, I would have had it two weeks prior, but I had to change an email that had got compromised and a phone number was, they would contact their own phone number. Um, or I would have had this going, the ball rolling two weeks prior, but uh, they got a hold of me. They got a hold of me. And um, I just can't believe that we may be able to pinpoint, they may be able to actually pinpoint through another part of the laboratory to pinpoint the exact virus I contracted in the mother's room that started this whole mess. <laughs> and then to find out how in the heck did my body regenerate an organ that was removed from pathology. The show's pathology reports was removed. It was, I mean, it was literally sent in. I mean, to the lab. There's no question anymore, did the surgeons do it? Because really, 17 times made me question, did they remove it? I mean, it's crazy, I don't want to question my surgeons. I didn't want to, but you always have that little bit of doubt in your mind. Now, that was a great, that, that's the greatest gift of all. I have no doubt now because now I see the reports, what they see. And there's a picture and there's a specimen and it was removed. Now to figure out, for them to figure out how in the heck did your body reproduce or um, regrow something off of basically something that was very barely visible to the naked eye and have that much chemical 
um, and hormone and power to be able to do that, um, for your body to be able to do that. As I said, it's like losing an arm and regrowing it back. Unheard of. But um, and for something like that to be part of Rare Cancer Institute to create such a, um, a second complication, which producing cancer stuff cells, I cannot wait. I'm hoping I'll be able to share more than less, but anything at this point. Um, more so for me, but to be able to chronicle this journey is amazing. Um, because I know somewhere along the line, somewhere someday, there's going to be someone in my shoes that's going to be walking right behind me. And how incredible, what a great feeling to be able to know that this research and what I'm allowing and the studies and that are going to be able to provide data that under circumstances my oncologist didn't have. And going in blind and treating something, it obviously didn't work. But this research is going to be able to help the next person and possibly even more.